Hello, we are Becky and Gabby, your micropolitan matchmakers, coming at you every Thursday to help you find big love in your small town. Each week, we'll cover everything from dating advice, dating love stories, and horror stories, interviews with other dating experts, and much more, all from the lens of dating in a small to medium-sized micropolitan region. Hello, friends, and happy Thursday, your favorite day of the week, as the newest episode of Micropolitan Matchmakers is dropping right now. And to kick it off, I'm going to turn it over to Gabby. Gab, it's your turn for your heart take for this week. Hey, everybody. I hope you... It's it's actually... So it's Thursday that this episode is dropping, but we're recording this on Monday. So we're bringing in like real hard end of week energy right now. That I'm end of week? About. This is the new week. You just I said Monday. Like, uh, we're, we're like in that party, like fun energy that you usually get mid to end week. So I'm Oh, I get it. It's bringing it to our Monday. I like it. I like it. I like it. Um, so I watched a really awesome movie that I loved. I thought it was so funny and cute and had such a great deep meeting on Netflix this past weekend. And it's called Love Hard. And it's kind of like one of those like traditional dumb rom-coms that you think of. But the message was so amazing. And I really would love our audience to watch it because it really harps on the fact that the person that might be the best for you, that person who uh, you end up having this amazing partnership with might not be the person that you thought or dreamed of in your head initially, what they look like, what type of things they do, what their profession is. And so I just really want to encourage all of you to kind of step outside the box, watch the movie and be inspired to keep an open mind while dating and connecting with people. So love hard on Netflix. You will love it and you will laugh really hard and you'll, you might cry. I I like it. Well, and Gabby texted me about this uh, a couple days ago and I was like, well, it's probably about time I break out of my spooky season murder rut, which is what I am in honestly more than just in October. As Gabby knows, I'm a true crime aholic and, and go for that. But we're getting into that season of also the cheesy lifetime movie. And I think there's something to be said for when you watch that stuff on television that it like, it can kind of soak into your vibe and warm you up. If you're, if you're feeling a little chilly in your heart about dating this upcoming holiday season, sounds like love hard, maybe a couple of those cheesy lifetime, you know, movies, Hallmark channel stuff. There's, there's something magical about it that can get you in the spirit. (laughs) So cute. Well, and I feel like now I have to plug, if you're listening on audio, we do have a YouTube channel now. And the faces that Gabby makes when she talks about things that she's really like excited about are just the absolute sweetest. So if nothing else, maybe you don't want to listen to a whole episode, but tune in and subscribe to Micropolitan Matchmakers on YouTube too, because I don't know, I think we're pretty fun to watch. I think well. we're pretty fun too. I think you're really getting a new dimension when you're seeing <laughs> I agree. Well, well and this episode. I am too. This is it's kind of a great segue too because we wanted to talk today about dating in a small to medium-sized city, which is really the bread and butter of why we wanted to create this podcast and what are um some of the pros and cons, but mostly pros because I think um you know, even some of the cons that people talk about a lot are things that you could easily turn around and and see them from a new light. So that is really what we're about 
today. And I think the most obvious one that we were talking about before we started recording is just population. I mean, numbers are numbers, right? And so I think a lot of people look at living and dating in a medium and or small size city or town as a negative because the pool is smaller. And that is true in terms of the math of the whole thing. But I think we often forget that A, if you expand just a little bit out from your direct micropolitan, whether that's a city or a town, like that direct municipality that you might live in or, or small rural community, if you open that up a little bit, A, that expands your pool. And B, you know, I think there's a lot more avenues to meet people sometimes than in a big city because big cities are almost so overwhelming that it feels like apps are the only way um, because, and especially coming out of COVID when people weren't going out as much, um, it's those uh, avenues of getting to meet people and uh, it's a lot easier to break into. So if there's a club you want to join or a hobby that you have, chances are that it is around you. I mean, if you're listening to us in the literal middle of nowhere, I recognize that there might be some of those challenges, but I think a lot of people that are going to be attracted to what we put out are probably in areas like ours. Um, you know, the cities that make up our area, we're about a million people, which, which is pretty large. It's not New York city, but, um, there's so much diversity around here and there's so many avenues and, and it's just less scary um, and less costly, I think, to break into activities. Like I think about my friends who live in larger cities who, um, you know, might have an interest and in that's how they're going to meet someone. Everything is just that much more expensive. Like you could put out on your one of us easily could put out on our Facebook tomorrow, like, hey, I want to learn how to, you know, I want to do a photography walk and people will come in and and I guarantee you'll find a couple people that want to do that with you versus like trying to join a group or a social club or something like that in a bigger city with um, a lot more of a financial price tag that comes along with it too. So I think, I think our smaller population where, you know, you might see it as the pool being a little bit smaller, um, which in truth it is, that's actually a, it's a pro. Yeah, I think that what I'm about to say is a pretty good analogy to exactly what you're saying about our population being smaller, being an advantage. And when I started working with my dating coach and we were going over my dating profile and what kind of energy I was giving off in my dating profile, um, Jordana really encouraged me to be super specific about what I was looking for, looking for a serious committed relationship, et cetera. And I was like, Ooh, that sounds a little bit scary. And she was like, why does that sound scary? I was like, well, because my matches, I won't get as many matches. And she's like, exactly. Don't you want there to be a smaller pool of people who are actually into what you're into and looking for the same thing that you're looking for? In reality, it, it our logic is telling us like if we have to, if we are able to choose from a thousand people, it will obviously be easier to like pick that one person who fits all our needs. That's not necessarily true when it comes to dating apps or when it comes to just dating in a small or medium sized city in general. So I think the smaller population is, it's a pro in that way too. No. And I love that. And and I figured Jordana and I would be right in line in that. And that's actually a conversation I was having with one of my coaches over the weekend is that it really is quality over quantity and that a lot of us complain so much about how dating apps are exhausting and, and it's because we're overextending ourselves. Um, and those apps are not designed. I mean, there's a few that I think have come a long way in, in how they're designed and what their algorithms look like, but especially apps that are based on swiping, 
they're not designed to help you find the one. They're designed to help you find a lot of people to pick from because that keeps you on the app longer. <laughs> and that's how they make their money. Um, you know, and I know that there are success stories. I met my boyfriend on a dating app. So, you know, zero shade to any of them. We'll get into a deeper dive on that story and, and even some like more specific tactics in another episode in terms of how you can approach online dating. But I think the same thing goes for in-person meeting people too. Like I even think you're the most traditional way that people think to meet is like going out to bars. And when I think about the times that I've gone out, I lived in New York city for a summer. I visited friends in major cities all across the country and how, and I know this is a me thing and there's a lid to every pot. And some people really like that big city vibe. I get just overwhelmed. Like, and, and it's not even just my age. Cause I was like this in my early twenties as well. But where, when you're in this huge place, like to your, use your numbers, Gabby, like with a thousand potential matches, if you think about it, how overwhelming is that? And you look around and you're like, okay, like, who do I talk to? Where do I go with this? Whereas when you're in a slightly smaller spot, certainly when you're meeting people in real life, there's always the chance, unless you come to a selective singles event, which Gabby and I host in, in our neck of the woods with Capital Heart Connection. But even at just a normal bar, there's always a chance that, yeah, you might approach someone that either, you know, isn't interested, which is also fine. You shoot your shot, you find out it's better than not knowing, or that, you know, maybe has a significant other already. But it's just easier to make that approach and strike up a conversation when there's fewer people there. You know, you might be um, one place that I always liked to kind of surf for men in my single days was I love Syracuse basketball. So I would go to game watching events with the local alumni club. And, you know, you just never know who's going to show up and be watching the same thing and interested in and how easy is it when it's, you know, still a fun, vibrant environment, but there's less people there to sidle up next to the bar to grab a drink and talk about the game or talk about what else is, you know, what else is going on because you have something there that's already in common. So I think when the pool is smaller, it, we get out of that analysis paralysis. Like when you have this huge pool, how it's so much more difficult. And it makes you think that, you know, there's so many options out there. Why choose one? And some people get stuck in that cycle too. You you start chasing perfection because you think the pool is so big, there's going to be something better out there. And you might, not saying you should settle for just anyone, but you also don't want to be chasing like this perfect human that doesn't exist. So true. And what I needed to hear today, because <laughs> yeah, I think that's like, I, this is a little bit of a segue, but I think that is so the case in dating today is everybody is looking for the next best thing, whether it's uh, a partner, whether it's a car, whether it's a job, whether whatever it is, I think that something that we could all benefit from is being happy and content and investing in what is in front of us. Um, but anyway, that was my deep moment. Um, <laughs> of but I'll put some music behind that when I edit. So <laughs> <laughs> a little something on the harmonica, and then. <laughs> uh, so another point that I have gotten stuck up on along for a long time um, and was kind of penetrating my mindset and making me feel really negatively about dating was the fact that I felt that a lot of people that I dated locally here in the capital region used the capital region as a stepping stone to uh, another city. Um, so I dated a few people who were here temporarily for work who wanted to get the experience in a smaller city so that they could 
um, expand their career into a larger city like LA or Boston and New York City. And at first, that made a lot of sense to me. Um, but as I have grown and um, really developed a strong love for this area and, and the love that it's not a big city vibe, um, I have realized that even if you feel like you want to use a smaller city as a stepping stone, I think it should be your like final stone because <laughs> for, for many reasons, um, I think in a smaller, a small to medium sized city, you can really make your mark in your career, whether you're working for a company whose values you truly align with, um, you can be a young leader. I mean, look at us, for example, like we are both two young women who have started businesses from the ground up and people want to talk to us and they want to hear about what we're doing. Because, you know, if we were in New York City or Boston, people might not be as open to talking, sitting down and, and talking to us and sharing their connections and sharing their business resources. Here, I feel like people are willing to give anybody a chance who has a dream. And I don't think that's necessarily always the case with larger cities. Um, I also think the cost of living is totally a huge factor there. Um, if you're moving to a smaller, medium-sized city to use as a stepping stone, you might find that even though you might get paid more in LA and Boston, that your living expenses are just inflated to the max. Um, well, and so, yeah. yeah. Becky was just telling me this like crazy story that she read online. Yeah, I was um, in this like financial group that I, I follow on Facebook. Someone was sharing that they saved up $300,000. And I was like, damn, that's awesome. That's more than the house I'm about to purchase. And that was their down payment. And this is for a, a single family home in the Bay Area. And the bank still wanted them to be up closer to like 475. And that is just wild, you know, to me. And for sure. Like there are, you know, big city people and you don't want to neg that at all. But I think just making sure we're focusing on the positives of living in areas where there's so much. And I mean, upstate New York is such a great example where Gabby and I are, we're, we're close to big cities so that we can enjoy those things, but we also have mountains and we have a really strong, like cultural scene here too. I mean, we've got really great live theater and live music and, um, you know, everywhere looks a little different, but I do think there's a lot of really similar cities and regions to ours across the country that don't get nearly as much love and hype as the New York cities and the Bay areas and the Chicago's. And I think to your point, Gabby, of people using it as a stepping stone, it is a really interesting dynamic when you look at that in the context of dating, but I think that's where like radical honesty has to be really, really, really And if you know that you want to stay here, which is, I think, something, Gabby, that you've really kind of solidified into of this is my home. This is where I'm building my network and my career. And I mean, you own property. You are very invested in many different ways in this community that you know that. And so you can be really open about that early on. So as not to put yourself in a situation where you're chasing after something that's unrealistic. And that's not to say zero judgment if anyone out there is, you know, wants to have a fling with someone or, you know, that's not to say that if you are one of those people that's in a small town now and eventually wants to move that you can't date to try to understand what you do and don't want out of a relationship. I think it's all about being really honest first with yourself and then with those people that you're choosing to date about what your story is. And if you get to the point where you become a unit and need to make decisions together, 
then you make those decisions together. But if, if you're pretty feeling very solid and that's something that if you're looking for a committed long-term relationship, it's a good question to ask yourself it before entering into anything is, you know, what, what are my yeses and nos and must haves and absolutely nots and where you're going to live is definitely one of those things that you should be, you can be flexible on. And some people are excited to be flexible on that, but if you're not, you need to know and you need to be clear about that with whoever you're dating. Yeah, for sure. We should definitely have an episode or multiple episodes about long distance relationships. And I'd love to hear uh, from our listeners too, how they've made things like that work living in a smaller medium sized city and maybe having a partner who doesn't um, and yeah. who lives uh, across the country or in a nearby larger city and how dating and that aspect has gone for you. It's really interesting. Well, I, I think like the landscape of that is changing so wildly too, because of COVID because remote work is such a thing now. And I know we've seen in our area, it's wild. And I'd love to talk to some people who've relocated from particularly, I think we saw an influx from New York city. Um, we're not that much farther North, but of people who um, started to realize like when they did escape the city for a little bit during the peak of COVID, like, Holy cow, this place is awesome. I can get all of the things that I love about a larger city with a way lower cost of living mm -hmm. and a little bit of a slower pace, which I think some people enjoy and not everyone does. So I, I don't want to, I don't want anyone that might be listening or has experience and loves big cities. Like we love them too. I personally just like to visit more than, uh, than ever wanting to actually live there. I spent one summer in New York when I was 20, um, pretended I was 21, but that was enough for me. <laughs> In terms of that, I knew at the end of that summer that, wow, what a great experience and what great memories I have. But I barely slept that whole summer. I mean, it was it was fun, but it was too much for Becky. <laughs> no, I feel that. And yeah, I mean, we're definitely not bashing big cities. I think we're just really trying to hype up the pros of living in a small to medium sized city. Uh, and I think that we could go on and on about this. We actually wrote a, an interesting blog post, which maybe we'll share again soon to go along with this about 10 reasons we love living in the capital region, being single women specifically when both of us were single, but still like it really dives deep into um, like, especially as a woman living in a small to medium sized city, some of those pros, which again, like to go about the financial side, um, you know, I don't feel I could own property in a larger more expensive city at this point. And I am able to own property here in a smaller to medium sized city. So um, we will definitely share that. I think it would be really interesting for some of the single women who are listening uh, because we do face unique challenges being single um, that other people don't. So, yeah. Well, and I think, you know, the purpose behind not only this episode, but this podcast in general and, and what Gabby and I talk about so much is mindset. And if you have a mindset that, oh, I live in this small town and nothing ever happens here, there's no one to date and it's all the same people and I keep seeing the same people on the apps, which is certainly an attitude, especially about seeing the same people over and over on apps that I've had in the past but that is only harming you because that's that's the energy that you're putting out into the world. And so that's what you're going to get back is continuing to see those same people and continuing to feel like there's nothing to do because you're not doing anything about it. And, and you know, people get in ruts and I totally get that. But even taking one step to show yourself that 
your mind might be telling you a lie in terms of that, I think is, is just super important. So if you could take anything away from this episode, it's, um, you know, one thing I was talking to, um, and actually here's another kind of fun tangent on this topic, but one thing I love about living in a smaller area, and I know people have regular spots in big cities too, because there's so many options and places you could go. I love being regular. Like I love walking into a place and getting a hug from my favorite wait staff or the bartender asking me like, do you want your usual and getting to like, no, and getting a beer named after me, which is my, like, that was always my huge flex on dating apps was like, I became such good friends and an advocate for a brewery locally that like when I was doing a fundraising campaign, they named a beer after me to help me raise money for the organization that I was raising money for. So things like that, I think are really cool. It can be a little dangerous if you only go to the same places over and over again. So there's like a nice balance you need to strike there. And I was talking to one of my coaches this weekend because um, she has a spot where she goes pretty much every week after work on Friday. There's a whole group of them. There's a bunch of regulars from all different spots. And it, the bonus is like regulars that, you know, not that just people she works with, like she's met some people by going to this place. But then you do kind of start seeing the same people over and over again. So my challenge to her was keep your spot on Fridays, but there's six other bars in that general vicinity that you could grab a friend and check out on your own on a different day. And so that's the other cool, the cool thing. It's like this balance of it's really easy to become a regular and have make friends in these spaces and, um, you know, get free drinks sometimes if you befriend the managers long enough and, you know, treat everybody really nice. But it's also so easy to kind of branch out also and go find some new places. So you, you do have to, in terms of like that lack mindset, even if you just go to one new place in a month and see what happens, pick um, one spot you've wanted to try forever, grab a friend or go by yourself. I'm a big fan, honestly, of grabbing dinner at a bar by myself. And, and that's usually how I would make friends with like the hospitality staff that are working there because, I'm, it, you know, it was a little bit of a stretch the first time I tried it, but you meet a lot of people that way. Totally. I love it. I love doing everything by myself. Not everything by myself. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> well, that's another thing too. Um, I, oh, we'll definitely have to do a, a podcast on solo travel and meeting people that way because yeah. I traveled solo for a few months and um, I met some very interesting individuals. Yeah a few potential love connections that I feel I wouldn't have had had I not been traveling solo. So to go off Becky's point, try somewhere new, grab a friend or go by yourself and you'll meet new people and you might just be surprised who you meet. I love it. And you can create those things. I actually heard this advice on another podcast. I believe it was Ask a Matchmaker who a lot of you that know me know I'm obsessed with matchmaker Maria. She's so great. Highly recommend to follow on Instagram if you're not already. But she was the one who brought up the idea of like I mentioned it earlier, like if you want to do something, throw it out on your Facebook page. Like if you want to go take a photography walk in on a hiking trail or downtown in your small town, like you can take pictures on your phone. Like go grab a cup, put it out there and see who shows and take interesting photos on your phone of the place that you live. You'll you'll see a new appreciation for your town, you'll probably meet some new people who are curious what this crowd of people is that you're going to. And then, you know, at the end, go grab a drink, swap stories and, and, you know, share, like, there's just so many creative ways that you can put out there to, to meet new folks that um, I think we often think only are available in large cities, but really in a small town, you can really create your own adventure and you'd be 
so surprised how many people are feeling exactly what you're feeling. How often have you experienced that, Gabby? I think that's how we even became friends. Was yeah. like people complain, like we would get so mad that people complain that there's nothing to do. And we're like, there's so much to do here. <laughs> totally. I think that that is one of the things that plagues small and medium sized cities the most is just like a negative mindset from people who grew up in that area. And specifically in the capital region, that's something that we're really trying to change through a bunch of different initiatives is how can we shift that mindset of there? It's really small. I know everybody here, there's nothing to do to, but wait, there are a billion things to do, but you're just so stuck in your ways and you go to work and you come back and you have your routine. Let's kind of push people out of their comfort zone. And that's really all it takes is to push people a little bit out of their comfort zone or to, um, you know, communities like Capital Heart Connection to spark up and inspire people to meet new folks from around the region and push people to go to places that they haven't really explored before. So yeah, I, I think we experience that all the time. And I hope that this podcast and our mission in, generally, in general really pushes people to move past that. I agree. And the whole thing about it being so small, I mean, I laugh all the time because I am from Schenectady, which people will hear. I don't know if I've said that directly on the podcast, but um, we're in upstate New York. I grew up in Schenectady and I graduated with like 400 and almost 70 people. I want to say in my graduating class, like it's not small. <laughs> and that's one of, you know, we're, we're the smaller of the major uh, cities like that make up our region. Um, there's so many people here, there's universities and, and that's the other, you know, thing that you have to look through. Like every, every region is a little bit different and has its things, but I guarantee in any small to medium sized city area of, of folks that are out there listening, you've got cultural institutions, you've got colleges, you know, there's, there's, bright, big worlds there and plenty of ways to access them. Especially, I mean, I think we haven't really talked through higher education institutions, but most colleges on any level, they've got classes that are open to the public. They do seminars. Like if you've got a thirst for learning and you want to meet someone who's a little bit on the intellectual side, that's a great, go take a class. Um, sometimes they're even free. I mean, it's, or go to a lecture, like uh, everywhere is off, are offering opportunities like that to go and expand your brain a little bit and also um, expand your network. Absolutely. I love it. I do too. Well, I think, I think we've shared, I mean, this episode was really, we wanted like to really dive in on our why. And I think we did that. We love obviously where we live. We love where we live. We want you to love where you live and we want you to be excited about dating where you live and we will continue doing everything we can to help small and medium sized city daters meet their matches. I love that. And you know, the other plug I'll make is if you are living in a smaller, medium sized town that is not upstate New York where Gabby and I are in the Albany, Schenectady, Troy kind of capital region, we'd love to talk to you and have you share what's really great about dating in your small to medium sized city. So if you want to be an ambassador for, you know, a Buffalo or, um, I don't know, Gabby, help me out outside. You travel to smaller cities than I do around the country. Yeah. Not just in New York, anywhere. Right. Yeah. yeah. Like all, all of the places that are really dope, but don't get the love that they deserve. And even some like major tourist destinations that are smaller, like Savannah's on the smaller side, Charleston, those are, are tourist destinations and well-known spots, but also small. So um, let us, let us know, tap in. 
Yes. Let's let's do an interview and you can be an ambassador for why dating is so great where you live. And also send us your bad date stories, your love stories, your reader questions. We'd love to do like ask a matchmaker type of thing. I don't want to rip that off of matchmaker Maria, but ask us your questions. Stay in touch with us. Follow us on Instagram uh, at matchmaker at micropolitan underscore matchmakers. And I'll include uh, both Gabby and my Instagram handles in the show notes. And other than that, we'll see you next week. Yeah. Next week. Thanks for listening, everybody. Bye.